Welcome back to the podcast, Finding My Fit. I'm Athena, your host, and I hope you're ready for another amazing episode. Finding My Fit is your go-to podcast for health, fitness, self-love, and eating disorder recovery. I'm here to bring you up-to-date, scientifically researched evidence, all about health, fitness, and nutrition, as well as helping you learn to love yourself and spreading positivity. If you're enjoying my podcast, I would love for you to leave me a five-star review over on iTunes. If you're interested in health, fitness, or eating disorder recovery coaching, please head over to my website, finding-my-fit.com. Let's get on into the episode. So today's episode is definitely going to inspire you. I am joined by a lovely woman called Debbie Emick, who is a survivor of multiple illnesses and autoimmune diseases. And she speaks to me today all about her story. She shares her personal struggles and experiences with various different diagnoses and different chronic conditions that she is now living with. We also speak a lot about the mind and body connection and how Focusing on the mental and emotional aspects of certain illnesses can actually produce physical changes and can aid in the reduction of pain. So this episode is truly inspiring and without further ado, let's just get on into this collaboration. So hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast Finding My Fit. Today I'm joined by Debbie Emick. She is a survivor of multiple chronic illnesses and autoimmune diseases and through addressing and releasing repressed emotions and past traumas she's been able to experience a life of greater health, ease and fulfillment by living her authentic purpose. She takes a holistic approach towards healing and this includes nutrition, exercise, meditation and energy and somatic work to calm the nervous system. So Debbie, please could you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your really, really fascinating, incredible story? Oh, sure. Thank you so much, Athena, for having me today. I'm really excited to have this great conversation. So about 10 years ago, I started navigating these rough waters of autoimmune diagnosis, all the tests and doctors and time that goes into that, and eventually found um, that I had several autoimmune diseases and at one point found myself taking nine different prescription medicines three times a day and feeling sicker than I had when I began this journey. And so at that point, I, I began to slowly just take back some of my power in trying to work on controlling things that I could and hoping that they would also benefit my health. And so through that, I, I changed doctors. I went off some prescription medications and I began doing some more holistic work, working on my food and working on my exercise. Um, I began decreasing like the toxicity and the products I used on myself, uh, and in my home. And then eventually decided that if I could eliminate stress from my life, that might be like the magic bullet that solved all my problems. 
And so I walked away from a career in teaching. I had been teaching for about 14 years. And it wasn't until after I chose to do that, that I found myself in the darkest place I had been without a lot of hope. And, you know, I still had two young daughters, um, a husband, and just feeling like it might be better if I had an illness that would take me swiftly rather than one that might take years and a lot of money. And so, uh, clawing my way out of that deep, dark place, um, for the sake of my daughters and hopefully breaking cycles and not creating cycles that I didn't want to, I started looking into healing my emotional health as well. And it just so happened that as I was able to heal my emotional health, to release some repressed emotions and, and clear some trauma that I, I also felt physical pain in my body decrease and eventually go away. And so those two steps in healing became really important and transformative. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your story. It, it really is kind of a heart-wrenching story. I know sometimes it's not easy for us to kind of express uh, those inner kind of struggles that we've had. I wanted to just touch on a couple of points that you made. You mentioned that you originally kind of were on different medications and you had an original doctor, but then you switched doctors. Can I ask, how did you know to take a, a more holistic approach? Because a lot of us are kind of tunneled down this pathway of having medications, um, taking different drugs, and we take like a very medical approach to it. So what made you want to take a bit more of a holistic approach to your illnesses? Well, I have to say at first I felt the same way, like almost um, as though if I did anything, I needed to be granted permission to do so from my doctors, right? But the first realization was that, you know, uh, my first rheumatologist, because we were looking at autoimmune diseases, that was the first specialist I went to, didn't really know all the answers. And he was kind of just throwing medication at me to see what would stick. Right. And I was feeling terrible from those medications. And so, uh, my first step wasn't to try something holistic. It was to find a new doctor. Luckily that really helped, you know, uh, my new rheumatologist did much more extensive testing and really got to the root of what was going on within my body in a unique sense, but she didn't really empower me to try holistic things. Still at that point with my doctors, the message was, you know, this is what you have. And eventually someday, you know, and they would just leave it kind of open-ended as though, uh, you know, I was destined for my body to suffer and break down at some point, but I'm lucky I have a, a good support system. And my husband was watching me go through this too. My dad watched me go through it. My dad sort of was the one who said, you need to try a different doctor. And my husband eventually, after seeing me survive on diet Pepsi and Hershey's, chocolate, um, you know, looked at me one night and said, man, you've got to try something. You've got to try eating differently. I had just been feeling so sick 
uh, I think from the medications mostly. And so he uh, talked me through and really encouraged and supported me and came along with me and just beginning to add a lot more nutrient density into my diet and eliminate those inflammatory foods like uh, processed foods, like processed sugar. And that did help a little bit for a while. And so I think that kept me going despite my doctors saying like, you know, food won't really make that big of a difference. I could see that it was making a difference. And so it kept me going and sort of pushing me toward other holistic healing, healing measures. And, um, you know, I could go from there. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Was it kind of a trial and error when it came to, because you said you kind of eliminated certain foods or you added different foods in, or did you do different kind of exercises or meditation? Was it a a bit of a trial and error kind of thing when it came to looking at what you can implement to try and improve your mental and your physical health? For me specifically, what I eventually realized is I had developed, uh, this coping mechanism, this way of being after experiencing the childhood trauma. Um, I had sort of clothed myself or protected myself, kept people at arm's length by becoming a perfectionism. I mean, a perfectionist and a people pleaser. Right. And so at first trying to take back control over my health, the measures I tried, you're right. There was a lot of trial and error. And then they eventually became another form of this perfectionism that I, that I could just add to that. So with eating specifically, I eventually saw an acupuncturist and she suggested an elimination diet which for me meant eliminating like the top five allergens and then slowly adding one back in at a time to see if there was any reaction. And I did discover that when I eliminated dairy and wheat, uh, my eczema went away. And so I could quickly see that link. And then I just went from there with food. I went to a traditional allergist, um, that confirmed the wheat allergy. And I eventually over, this is over the course of years, went to a naturopath who did some delayed response allergy testing with me as well. But you're right. It was trial error with eliminating, you know, certain foods, adding them back in. But because I was this perfectionist and I I hadn't yet got to the heart of of this mental, emotional thing that was going on with me, I just began to over control my food and over perfect. And then with my, with my exercise, I kind of did the same thing where I thought, you know, I'm going to protect my muscles as much as I can. I in particular have a lung disorder. My autoimmune disease has destroyed the cartilage in my lungs. And so I thought if I can protect my muscles, you know, um, stay as healthy as I can, they'll protect my rib cage. And hopefully, you know, I can breathe well as long as possible, but it, it just became like this punishing extent. And so it wasn't until I was able to peel back those layers of pre- perfectionism and get to the heart of why I I was this perfectionism, perfectionist, people pleasing type person that I could begin to use food in a loving way. Right. And so now I do, I do not 
try to eat foods that are inflammatory or that I'm allergic to, but I, I try to eat nutrient dense foods in a way that shows love to my body. And I try to move my body in a loving way that fills me up and doesn't deplete me or cause further pain or damage. Uh, that's what you've touched on there is absolutely perfect. You've really hit the nail on the head when it comes to listening to and learning to respect our bodies and eating and exercising in a way that is beneficial to us. And that's going to look different for everybody, depending on, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our genetics, our bodies, our lifestyles, our health conditions. So it sounds like you've found a really good balance, but it took you a little bit of time to establish that kind of balance and really get to the root of your problems. Like you said, you have this perfectionist kind of personality. Is that something that you've always had or is that something you think developed when you really wanted to get to the root of your problems like your medical conditions yeah I think that um over time I developed this perfectionist people pleasing coping skill as a way to protect myself because I had never dealt with these repressed emotions and trauma from my childhood. Right. And so slowly over time, I found control and, and I found a way to keep people uh, at an arm's length from me, like not let them in, not, not be vulnerable or authentic with them, not in a conscious way, but completely unconscious. This is how I got by and how I survived. And as time went on, I got better and better at it. I mean, I compare it to an addiction. It's just that it was a much more socially acceptable addiction, right? Um, Continually perfecting myself and then trying to please others. And that was how I controlled other people and controlled myself um, mistakenly in the end, you know, but when I, when I found myself in such a dark place, I really had to get to the root of why I thought I had everything I wanted and I had done everything I knew to try and heal. And yet here I was still in pain and still sick. And it was getting to the root of that, that let me sort of peel back those layers and finally, you know, just acknowledge what had happened in my life and begin to move forward from there in a way, like you said, Athena, where I, I didn't really know my true self, my authentic self. I didn't actually know what I wanted because I had become what I thought other people wanted over years. And so I had to access my own very quiet at that point intuition, and then just trust in moving forward one step at a time. And luckily through doing that, I was able to become a more authentic, vulnerable version of my, my true self and also learn ways to love and care for my body in a way that would heal, heal me as well. Did I answer your question? I don't know if I just went on a long tangent or not. No, you definitely answered the question. And honestly, I love when people go on tangents anyway. So that was (laughs) perfect. So perfectionism is something that is, I feel like it's kind of accepted in society and it's seen as normal. Like people love to say I'm perfectionist or I love things being perfect and neat and tidy and this way and that way, but it can really Mm -hmm. cause issues and it can fuel negativity in somebody's life and it seems like you did go through that 
that kind of negative cycle when it comes to perfectionism. How did you go about addressing and releasing your repressed emotions? How did you learn to open up to those around you? Sure. So at first it was very superficial, kind of like all the healing I had done with food and exercise and eliminating toxins. Those things might not be easy, you know, but they are simple. Like I could do that. And then I over-controlled it. Um, and at some point, I was reading and learning about this connection between your gut health and your overall health and decided that I needed to try to heal my gut. And so I went to someone in my rural area, uh, in the U.S. than Colorado. She calls herself a chiropractor. I think in other areas, she might be considered more of like a healer or a holistic practitioner. Um, she does do chiropractic work, like working on, you know, aligning your, your bones, your joints and stuff. But when I went to her, I just asked her for a probiotic because I was having trouble navigating all of the choices and knowing what would be best for me. And so once again, I was there thinking, this is the magic bullet. Like this is the thing that will solve all of my problems. I just need to get the right probiotic. And luckily for me, she saw through this facade and she just got right to the heart of the matter. And she eventually ended up doing some somatic work. Um, so using my physical body to feel out, um, where I was holding some emotions and helping me release that physically through my body. And it felt very woo woo. Um, I was very pragmatic at that point. And so I went out looking for like skeptics, right? I came home to my husband and I was like, Oh my gosh, she wants to do this. Can you believe it? And he was like, why not try it? You've tried everything else. And so I went to a friend, same thing, like, Oh my God, can you believe she would want to do this? And my friend said the same thing, encouraged me. I think out of a hope to like check boxes to say, I, in fact, had tried everything. I went back to her and over time, and I, I can't even say over a really long amount of time over a matter of, uh, several appointments of going to her and working with her on, on what she thought I needed. I began to feel that the pain in my shoulders, I couldn't really lift my arms above my head. I held a lot of pain in my thighs. And so doing this emotional work eventually I started feeling that pain lessen and leave my body. And that was really all I needed. If you've been in pain long enough, it doesn't matter if it feels weird or, or fake, or if it's a placebo, it's like, if, if that helped me eliminate that pain, I was all for it. It sounds like at this point, you were realizing that the body is very closely connected to the mind and to our emotions, and that the two have huge effects on, have huge effects on each other. So do you think that from that point, that was when you realized that the disorders that you were experiencing or the chronic pain that you were experiencing was connected to your emotions and the way you were thinking more so, or if not evenly with your physical experiences. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think that I would have got to this point of feeling pain-free so often had I not done that emotional work. And I like that you pointed out, you know, again, I don't think there was like one magic bullet, right? I use all of the things like you had said, I meditate, I journal, I 
move my body in ways that are loving and kind to it. Or if I feel like getting out and running or doing a more hardcore exercise, I do that. I still try to use food that fuels my body rather than causes inflammation. So I use all of these things together, but yes, I would say for me, for sure, I believe that this repressed emotion and held trauma was what sort of created this cycle in my nervous system that over a a long period of time, when you're in this fight or flight mode unconsciously, right? I wasn't aware of it, but it was kind of how I survived my days. Now in retrospect, the, the hormonal and chemical effects of of that on the body will no doubt cause disease and pain and dysfunction in your body over a long period of time. And luckily for me, you know, I was, I was also reading uh, the works of Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle. And so I was working on releasing shame and um, learning that I was using perfectionism and people pleasing to sort of feel like I was in control of myself and others, though I wasn't. And then I read some, some books by, um, some doctors. One is called when the body says no by Gabor Mate. And another is called the body keeps the score by Bessel van der Kolk. And it shows, you know, just like such a good scientific foundation for, um, repressed emotions, repressed trauma, and this link between certain diseases and disorders that are becoming so much more prevalent in our society. And so, you know, what felt a little bit woo-woo and not scientific really has a lot of scientific evidence and backup. And I just found that later afterwards, you know? So yeah, I, I, I would say that it was the key for me. Um, and I still do all the other things as well. I think a lot of the time it's very easy to dismiss certain things. So things sound a bit woo woo and you kind of go into things, especially when it's to do with emotions and mental health and spirituality and that kind of side of things that isn't very physical it does sound very woo-woo and you can very easily dismiss it and think, oh, that's not going to help me. My condition is physical. I need physical interventions. But you are a walking example of how those woo-woo things can make such a huge difference. You mentioned earlier that when you first went to these different doctors and the naturopaths and you were looking at moving towards a more holistic um, approach to recovery and really addressing your emotions that you built a support network you told your friends you told your husband the people around you um, you opened up to them a little bit and do you think building that support network and opening up to other people is a good way for someone to start this recovery process and start connecting their mind to their body like how can somebody begin to start practicing the mind-body connection I think what was key for me was awareness. So that sounds a bit meta, right? But just becoming aware of the stories I was telling myself, the thoughts and, you know, stories that were playing out in my mind. So once I could become aware of those, I was also able to become aware of the actual emotions and trauma I was holding on to, and then not judge them or beat myself up about them, 
you know, so many of us tell ourselves such mean things. So the first step is just becoming aware. And then I think the next step is detaching from them, right? So I began to learn and know that I am not my pain. I am not my diagnoses. I am not my house or my car or, you know, I am not any of my relationships. I'm something deeper within beyond all of that, before all of that. And so as much of those labels that we can detach from, I think the better. So I would advise anyone like you can do that on your own without going to anyone. For me, the somatic work was very integral to just being able to get to the heart of it much more quickly. Obviously, people can choose a mental health professional that they think will best serve them. But there are also plenty of other somatic healing methods that you could find and and you can seek out people in your area to help you do that work as well if it's of interest to you or anything like that. The other thing I would say is like in this chronic illness, autoimmune disease realm, I feel like we um, are seeking a diagnosis or the confirmation from a traditional doctor to make us feel legitimate in what we're going through. And I found that those diagnoses and that confirmation did not lead to health for me. And, and the, the path to health was really in me taking back, uh, my own power and empowering myself to search for what it was I needed in particular. And so when you hear someone say like, it's in your mind, it's all in your mind, or it's because you're stressed. I used to take that per, you know, like, oh, they're saying like this physical stuff isn't really going on in my body, but I know now it's all related. It's true. And it's not bad that it's in your mind. It's good to know that and to finally begin to realize it so that you can move forward from there. I guess one final thought is I still have doctors. I still take some prescription medicines that help my immune system function properly. And I'm grateful for the doctors I have now. My most recent diagnosis led me to a cardiologist and he wrote down a few prescriptions. If you could see me, I'm using air quotes on my first visit. And he recommended like a vegan diet. He recommended 30 minutes of getting your heart rate up every day. But then he recommended, just as you were saying, Athena, connection. Um, There's so much evidence out there that true connection, if you have a lack of that, say, then you are also putting yourself at a much greater risk for things like heart disease, lung disease, uh, major, you know, medical illnesses, if you aren't connecting with others. And so for me, I don't believe I was ever truly connecting with people until I was able to strip back my layers of perfectionism and people pleasing and become vulnerable and authentic. And that meant some people left my life, you know, they, they like, People like a people pleaser. People like it when you you appear to know what you're doing and have it all together. But it also left room for new, real, authentic, supportive connections to come in. And then the last thing my cardiologist wrote was mental, emotional health. And he looked me in the eye and he said, 
Now, I don't mean just like do meditation or some yoga every once in a while. I mean, find your rug, pick up your rug and sweep everything out from under the rug. That also empowered me to just keep working on that part of myself. And the only reason he recommended those things is because there's at least as much statistical, like scientific data out there for the effects of all four of those things on your physical health as there is in any prescription prescription, any doctor could write for you, you know, and you can do all of those without a diagnosis or with a diagnosis. Oh, so, so many good points that you just said there. So to reiterate, I could not agree more that being non-judgmental when it comes to what you're going through is key and becoming aware of a problem that is the first step. You have to be aware of the problem in order to look for the solution. And the second point you mentioned, detaching, that's so important because you are so much more than your illnesses. You're so much more than your diagnoses or your labels or the labels that other people attach to you. And it really is about realizing that just because you have a condition or you're labeled a certain way or in a certain group, it doesn't mean that you're only that you have your own identity and the second thing that I want to touch on is you saying that a lot of this is in your mind and when people say oh it's in your mind there is some truth to that a lot of the time when it comes to the mind it's so difficult to say that this one thing or this one prescription is going to work for everybody Because what will work for one person will not work for another because everybody's minds work in different ways. The one thing that is so important is that you as an individual realize how your own mind is connected to your body. And it sounds like you've had a long journey where you've really discovered how to make that true connection between your mind and body. And that is where the real quality of life lies once you realize what you need to do to improve the mind as well as your physical health. So the last thing that I wanted to ask was what positives have come forth in your life due to your diagnoses? Because I mean, it's easy to focus on the negatives, like the pain that you've been in or the negative emotions you've experienced, but have you had any positives that have come out of this whole um, experience that you've been through? Certainly. I, um, I have to say, and I'm being completely honest when I say this, this has not been a beautiful trip. It hasn't been pretty, right? There've been plenty of tears and plenty of pain, as I've said, lots of deep, dark moments, but I truly believe for me, the obstacle that was my, my health became the way for me. So like there is a book by Ryan holiday called the obstacle is the way. Uh, and, and that's what I, I believe the obstacle in the path became the path. And my life is completely different in so many ways than it was before. Like I've said, there's real true deep connection with people in my life. I, I have a much greater like consciousness of of the way that I am acting and interacting, the things that I'm saying with myself and the way I'm able to detach from those roles or those labels, as you were saying, Athena. And now the work that I'm able to do in the world, the way I'm able to show up in the world is something I never would have imagined. And 
never would have happened had I not had to go through what I had gone through. So for me, there really is no other way. And I'm very grateful for what's come of the diagnosis that I, that I have for sure. Yeah. You've definitely made the best of the cards that you've been dealt. And in a way that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That definitely applies here because uh, like you said, you wouldn't change anything that you've been through. And the fact that you've been through all of this means that you can share your experiences and your expertise and everything that you've been through with other people and maybe help them and show them that they don't have to just sit there and accept that this is my illness. These are my diagnoses. They can actually do something about it and be proactive. So I really, really love that. That is something that you can inspire people to do. So thank you so much for sharing your story and being on my podcast today. Before we go, please, can you let the listeners know where they can find you or where they can contact you? Sure. Thank you, Athena. This has been my pleasure for sure. I really appreciate the chance to share and this great conversation with you. If anyone would like to know more, I wrote a book. You can find the book and a companion journal that I made to go along with it for your own healing at gobucketyourself.com forward slash book. If you just want to ask me some more questions, get some help. I hang out on Instagram at imperfectprogress.me. So that's I am perfectprogress.me. Um, and I'd love to learn more about you connect, or if you have any questions or need any help, I'm here for sure. That's absolutely perfect. So I'm going to put all of that in the show notes of this episode. So if people do want to check out your amazing book or if they want to contact you, then they can just head over there. Thank you so much. This has been really fascinating. You've been so incredible sharing your story. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Thanks again, Athena. I appreciate it. So that's the end of this episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it and you came away feeling really inspired. I know I definitely am. And the mind and the body connection is something that I've spoken about before on my podcast. I truly believe that the mind and the body are very closely connected. And the way that we think and feel and the emotions that we're experiencing can genuinely have a physical effect on our bodies. So as I said, I'm linking Debbie's book as well as her Instagram in the show notes of this episode. If you want to check either of those out, then just head over there. If you want to contact me, my Instagram is Athena Crilly or Finding My Fit Podcast. If you're interested in coaching, please check out my website or just DM me over on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really, really love for you to leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts. And with that, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next one.